Well, hello, everybody. It's me, Father Tom. I'm blessed to be the pastor of St. Teresa, and I'm here alone this time. Typically, I have someone who I bounce ideas off, share a discussion, and quite often it's the what I call whom I call the prophet, Father Doherty. But today you have me by myself. And actually, I'm not at that parish. I'm on retreat. That's right, retreat. We priest uh, asked to sort of almost required, probably required to make a retreat once a year. Not much of a, uh, shouldn't say the word requirement. It's a joy. It's a blessing. It's a gift. What an advantage we have to get away and to spend time uh, reflecting on our spiritual life and growing in that area. So this is the day. And uh, well, these days, anyway, I'm away on retreat. And it's supposed to be a week, but it's not even a week. We start typically Monday evening and we conclude uh, Friday morning, but even Friday morning is quite smooth, you know, simple. It's uh, breakfast, if you like to stay for breakfast, followed by mass, and the mass is quite simple. So a lot of people had to leave Thursday night. This way, get back to the office, back to church, and, you know, have a full day of working. But anyway, for the next few days, uh, we're here in some, some ways just kind of really focus on ourselves. I look forward to retreat. It happens here in our diocese here in Orlando. It's uh, it's every October. And you have choices. It's not just one week only, but a large group of priests, so you could all do you could not all do it all at once anyway. Uh, options are there's one given in Spanish. Another retreat is called like a silent retreat, where there's really no, I don't think, much talking. You have a retreat preacher who gives a little his little talk to you, and then you spend the day sort of reflecting quietly. And there's two or three other weeks where you have guest priests coming in and they preach to you, and but and there's a sort of fellowship with the yellow fellow priests, which is far by far by easily far by the most popular one style of retreat is being with other priests and be able to relax and have camaraderie. And so I look forward to it. It's a it's a break, especially now. This is 2020, and we had the uh, the COVID 19, so didn't get away at all for the summer, really to get any sort of break. So this is really the first time in months where you get a couple of days uh, sort of away from work, away from the daily routine. So that alone is sort of is, is special and a delight. And I look forward to it beginning the month of October and, oh, it's coming and uh, just having those days ahead. And then uh, just to really get away and just relax to re renew myself. But oddly enough, you know, the, the, the retreat has a lot of advantages. It's I always find this mixed feelings in me. It's, you know, it's when you get here, it's hard to break away from your daily routine. We get attached to our, what we do, our daily, as I said, our routine, we, we get attached to it. Uh, we get used to it, get comfortable and, and changing it, it's not always easy. I mean, I get back up early, go to the gym, I have my routine, then mass and office, and it sort of flows and I know what's happening, sort of control. And now I come here and don't get to go to the gym part of my early morning and, and it's just a different, you know, different room, different style. And so sometimes I almost get, oh, boy, it's 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 tough to pull away. It shouldn't be, but it is. As you know, we, we, we like being busy and slowing down. It can be difficult because we used to go into high volume, you know, RPMs, moving quickly, getting things done. We, we feel good about that, checking things off. And now retreat, it's sort of slowing down and at least my body sometimes rebels against it. My mind rebels against it and wants to get back. But little by little, it uh, I get into the retreat and 
first and foremost, a retreat is a time to separate yourself from your worldly concerns and really focus on what really matters, your spiritual life. So in a way, retreat shouldn't be just for priests or religious, nuns or deacons, I think. But every Catholic should go on retreat somehow if they could. And really to, because they really need, we all need time to, to look at what counts, what's most important, because we're, we're here only a short time and we're living for eternity. And so it's nice to go to a different location here at San Pedro. It's in the Altamont Springs area. It's a beautiful spot, a retreat grounds for one thing. And what I like about it, it's not isolated. There's some retreat grounds where it's, middle, it's the middle of nowhere. And I'm never comfortable with that. I like having things around me in case I forget anything, forget my toothbrush at the stores nearby. Roads are available. And yet on the grounds, there is tranquility. There's a peace and quiet. And really, we hate to say we don't really need a lot. Basically, a little room, a nice little simple room. Uh, the chapel to pray in, <laughs> meeting room. And there's some grounds to walk, but not a huge, extensive place. And just in the recent months or so, they added, uh, they opened up the Catholic cemetery. At first, I thought it'd be a detraction from the retreat grounds, but it really came out a beautiful retreat, you know, beautiful cemetery. I think it is an enhanced uh, the the environment. So, plus, you know, cemeteries are quiet and peaceful, so <laughs> it really sort of meshes well. So I like to come on the retreat. I don't set my alarm anymore. I don't have to worry about getting up. I wake up when you know when I wake up. But as you know, we we wake up from our habits. So I still wake up early anyway. But what I like about it too is coming together with my you know your fellow priest. We don't see much of each other. Oh, we get together sometimes. We call we have what called deanery meetings, which is the priest in the local area. You know, I'm in Bellevue, so that means Ocala, Summerfield, and, you know, Sumter County. And we have meetings. But those, again, it's sort of business. It's, it is business-related. You come in, meet. If we're lucky, we may have a meal together. And then, oops, ups, you know, up and get back and going, get going back to work. So we don't really have that much contact with each other. And I'd say priest, you know, for the most part, we uh, we probably love our work too much. and. We sink ourselves in our work, and we can get lost in that. Lost in that, and we don't really sometimes have time really to develop uh, good friendships, good contacts. Oh, we're friendly to each other, and we could do this small talk, but really to sit down and just be with be with one another. I don't think many of us take a, you know have that opportunity or take advantage of that or or try to make it happen because uh, the church work can be so absorbing. So here it is. You come. And um, you put priest, which is a help build some fraternity and some friendships. Um, plus, uh, on retreat, uh, they feed us quite well. All right, let me say that. And again, I uh, that's important. So again, for most of us priests, we live alone. We don't have cooks. Some priests do cook. I do not. And again, because one of the reasons I just rather spend my time working in the office than spending time cooking in a way. So live simply. But so having a, uh, you know, food provided, especially breakfast was a real treat. And so you eat well, you probably put on some pounds, but we'll worry about that later. But it's not just, you know, getting the, you know, the food. It's also that you're not eating alone. Again, quite often I usually eat by myself. 
I read something, doing some work, you know, at the same time. But here you're sitting down, you're sitting with, you know, fellow priest and just asking how their life is going, what they're doing at their parish, or just, just being with one another. In fact, this lunch, I just was sitting with our retreat preacher, and Father Anzo, and um, talking about his experience working in Haiti. I find that very interesting and exciting, and he shared a lot of experiences with me, so I learned a lot about the great work that he's done. So that's it. You sit down with, you know, being not, you're not being alone and sitting with one another and just chit-chatting. It's a great, great help, you know, to build up the, the the body of Christ, to build up, you know, the shepherds of God. And so not only do we have meals, but at the end of, in the in the evening, uh, at the end of the night, there's some refreshments as well. And again, a time to sit down to, and to relax with each other and just, again, talk. And who knows about what, just be together and talk with one another. Admittedly, when, when I went through the seminary early in my formation, retreats were quite serious and basically it was kind of quiet. You didn't really get the, you know, you weren't supposed to talk all that much. We You talked at meals and then some, there's a short period after meals you could talk. But otherwise, for the rest of the day, at night, you was in silence because you were there really to uh, bolster your prayer life and, you know, listening to God. And I value that, and I saw the importance of that. So at first, I'm, I found that kind of odd, kind of strange. Boy, we can talk a lot and hang out a lot. But then I realized, you know, loneliness is a terrible thing, and we don't get to talk to each other. It's, it's a big mistake. We don't get to know each other. So that's one of the things I um, really enjoy, really profit by, meeting different people from different cities here and throughout the Lando area. A lot of times, I don't even get to see them except on retreat. In fact, one fellow, Father Jimson, he said we made the last three retreats together. I didn't realize that. It wasn't deliberately. I didn't even know it. it. just seemed to work out that way. So it was good to see him again and, you know, renew that contact. So that's what a retreat is. And then, of course, we have a retreat preacher, someone who gives us a few talks. We have a talk in the morning, then at mass, then in, then in the afternoon we have a talk as well. And I uh, look forward to that because often that's, I'm on the other side of the emblem. I'm the one having to give the talk. So this time I get to listen, take it in, and I have eager ears hoping to hear something, you know, something I can hold on to, latch on to, take with me for the rest of, of the year to hold on to. And uh, usually you find something, you know, and just something, just sometimes, sometimes not even what they say, it's their spirit. You can see their heart, their dedication. And there's something also to be said about sitting in the room uh, with fellow priests. That's the other thing I like, not being alone because I listen to podcasts. You can listen to talks on, you know, you could go YouTube, but that's not quite, it's not the same, not in, different than being in person and different than being with others as well. And so sitting in the room and sometimes feels like I'm back in school again, back in the seminary. And, you know, some guys cut up a little bit, tease a little each other. And so I enjoy that atmosphere. And I um, try to take notes. So there's a few things I can jot down and just want to pray for the preacher and pray that I can hear something that I can take with me that helped me uh, for the upcoming year. So I, uh, that's something that I really do do look forward to together as well. Hmm? But most of all, it's, uh, again, being the, on the grounds and being away from the work situation. And thankfully, uh, no one really bothers me from the parish unless it had to be a real, real emergency, but thanks be to God, that doesn't happen. So I have the opportunity just to focus on myself, you know, to talk to God and, and to listen to God. 
and out of habit, I, I like getting up early in the morning. Something about it before the day starts, when it's quiet, it's still. And I just like to be in God's presence. I'll do a little scripture reading, and I have my uh, prayer list. I have different people to ask me for, who have asked me to pray for them. And um, to here in this church, at least I can go up and kneel by the tabernacle, and I just kind of go through the list and offer a short prayer to pray for them, asking God's blessing. I don't spend a lot of time for each individual, but I mention the Lord and just ask them maybe what their concern is. I said, I know God knows what it is, but I kind of give them a reminder, and I pray over that. And then I go back, and then I'll sit there in the chapel, and I'm doing this yearly Bible, read the Bible in a year, and I'll do read the Bible a little bit, try to ponder it. But a lot of often I just sit there just being quiet. There's this big I guess it's called a bay window, just looking outside and and just being still, just being quiet, trying to find out what's going on inside of me. What am I thinking? What am I anxious about? Anything worried about? If there's any uh, anger, do I have any anger in me? You know, am I upset? It's something that turmoil? And you got to be quiet to do that. You got to slow down. And the body rebels against that because we just want to keep moving. We want to keep doing. And it's hard to stop because then you got to deal with yourself. And so I just like to sit there and just ponder and just be quiet and look out. It's peaceful. I call it praying because I'm doing that before the Lord. It may not seem like praying. I'm not saying words. I'm not reciting anything. I just sit there and I like to think and reflect. And often... Sometimes my best ideas come through that, those moments, not just here I retreat, but even back home at church there. It's when you listen, when you're quiet, that God, well, God speaks, but it's when, it's when you can hear God speak, I should say. I don't think God is not speaking. It's just that we're so busy that we don't give him a chance. And so that's one of the benefits. And as I struggle to get into the retreat, because the body is used to its routine, uh, at the end of the retreat, I... I kind of have like a sadness. Oh, no, it's over. <laughs> now I have to wait to another year to, to come together. And there's a bit of sadness there. And you know what it's like if, if you ever go away for vacation, you ever go away for you know, the holiday, if you travel anywhere, you can have a great time. And then when you come back home, it doesn't take long to be like you had never left. It's back to the routine, back to whatever it's going on. And Ask yourself, was I really, uh, was I really on retreat? You know, it's gone. I remember I go home, you know, for the summer, come back up to New York, New Jersey, and I come back home to Florida and get back into the office and ask myself, was I really up north? Because it just, it doesn't take much, does it? Not at all. And so I don't want to waste these moments, this time here where I can really just be with the Lord Jesus. And so these are things that, you know, to go on. And you, you got to fight it. You got to fight not to be distracted, you know, especially now with so much the social media, you know, with the phone, the computer. It's easy to go off in a different direction to, because that world has a hold on us. It has a hold on us. We want to find out what's going on. And, you know, something, the world goes on without us quite well. <laughs> and you're really not missing much. Oh, we think we have to know what's going on in the news. We think we got to be kept up to latest minute. But, you know, there's nothing really, hmm? nothing more if whatever's going on, it cannot be more important than what's going on in our relationship with God that he wants to say to us. 
that he wants to speak to us. And so here I am on retreat, and I'm, and some ways almost feel guilty doing this podcast on retreat. But I just want to share this uh, this time with you, as I think about what the Lord is saying, and I sort of challenge you to uh, perhaps go on a retreat as well. Now a lot of you don't have that availability. You know, it's not built into your schedule. It's not a mandatory for us as we are on retreat. But maybe you can't go. Maybe you cannot go to an overnight. But maybe you can find a place that you can drive to, that you can walk. Maybe some woods, some path, some walkway, where that's your time with God. You know that, and that you just kind of think and you pray and you speak to God. And after a while, you find a place that you like to go to. You look forward to it, and and it takes on that special meaning. When I come here, when I go for this walk, when I'm outside, when I'm sitting here, this. It is my time with God. And so I want to encourage you. You know, it'd be great if you can go, go away someplace, but if you can't, spend, find a place where that you connect to you, you know, with God. Maybe it's the the water. We have some waterways, you know, a place of water. Maybe you, have to, you may have to drive a little distance. You have a day, free day. You can head down to the ocean. If you're in this area here or some lake or something, the Gulf. If that's what you find, where you find connected to God, then do that for yourself. But be careful not to bring headphones and listen to everything else, but really just to be be with God. Find the place where you can connect to listen to his voice. But also retreat every day. Every day should be a time where you can be, that you give time to be with the Lord Jesus. Uh, and that's... Uh, John Wesley, he was the sort of started the Methodist Church. Came from a huge family. I forget the number of children they had. Some, I don't know, about twelve or fourteen children. His mom, and she had her own way of going on retreat. She sat in the chair and she sort of threw her apron over her head, and that was the quote her prayer closet. She had all these kids in the house, but that was one way that she would escape and find uh, to be alone, and just kind of threw the apron over over her head, and and uh, that's where she did her praying. And the kids knew what she was doing, so they they respected her and, you know, they realized mom's praying, so try to be on your best behavior. For her, that was her retreat. That may be what it come down to. Maybe just got to find a little spot in your house, a little corner, maybe in the backwoods, maybe, maybe outside in your porch or something where you could be with God. And so... I pray that this retreat would have benefited me and all my fellow priest here. It's good because I got to connect with my former pastor, Father David Page, a tremendous man and whom I learned a lot. I was with him back in 1998 to 2003, I believe. It was five years, five wonderful years. Actually, it was a beautiful spot, by the way. We were right across from the Atlantic Ocean, but that wasn't why it was fantastic. We had a nice rectory, by the way, and and we had even had a cook. What a treat. But I learned from this man who worked so hard, who was driven, not because of his own ego, because he wanted the church to be the best church that it could be. And I saw him work. I saw his dedication in his own quiet, unassuming way. And so now he's here in retreat, and I'll be meeting with him later. God bless him. He's 88 years old. And to be honest with you, his memory is kind of... It's kind of slipping a bit, 
but he's a wonderful fellow. So things, but it's so nice to see him and going to catch up with him and talk with him, you know? So be a real blessing. Hmm. It's a real blessing right now to see him. So to people like that, who I like to see, who's get this, get spent time with. Another Father Frank, we were worked together at my former church. He's here as well. He's, I think, 85. <laughs> He's still going strong. So it's good to be with him. Another priest I worked with, or at least in the vicinity. So this would uh, enjoy a bit on a retreat. So anyway, that's what's going on in my life right now. And I uh, pray that you will keep me in little prayer, even if it's after the retreat. Your prayer works, even whether it's before or after, God understands. And that, you know, what we need in our church, we don't need better business business people, administrators. Really, but we need priests who know Jesus, right? Who are close to God, who are spiritually recharged and spiritually renewed, because as the Latin says, no one gives what you don't have, right? You, have to, you can't give what you don't have. And so... You pray for your priests that they first and foremost make, you know, their spiritual life a priority. Because if they God feeds them, they can feed you. All right. You can find everything else from other people, but your priests, your ministers, whatever it may be, you want them to know Jesus. You want to know his love. You want to know their connection. And they, then hopefully they can help you have that connection too with the Lord, which is first and foremost. All right. So anyway, so I hope this helps, and look at your own prayer life. You may not have the advantages I have, that priests have, but find a way that you could connect with God, putting him first in your life. Pray for all of us, because we all you know, have our good points, priests, and we all struggle. You know, I look around, you know, we're all doing the best we can, and we all have our shortcomings, and somehow we make it work. Well, God makes it work, I guess, through us. But uh, just pray that you become, that, that first and foremost, that priests become, try to be holy, at least to make that a priority one of their goals to get close to the Lord. Okay? So thank you for listening. I ask God to bless you. And uh, stay well. Keep me in prayer. And may you receive.